G'day and welcome to Pit Permaculture Podcast number 16, where we explore the teeny tiny world of edible insects. In this episode, Pip editor Robin Rosenfeld chats with Shay Hall, who was featured in issue 12 of the magazine about her insect eating addiction. We hope you enjoy and bon appetit. Welcome to the Pip Permaculture Podcast. Today I'm talking with Shay Hall and we're talking about eating insects. So Shay, thanks for having a chat with me today. Thank you for having me. Now, how did you get into eating insects? Uh, well, I guess how I'm currently eating them is quite different from how I started, but I guess my upbringing um, played a really big role in how I feel about eating insects now. So when I was a small child, I grew up in rural Queensland and we were lucky enough that we had some indigenous friends Mm. and we would go out playing with them and they would just pick up anything that moved pretty much and put it in their mouth and see how their body reacted to it. And if it tasted good and it made your body feel good, then you would eat it. Yeah. If it tasted bitter or smelt funny or your body didn't react well to it, then you would spit it out and rinse your mouth out. Yeah. So... So um, that was generally a good guide to know whether or not if it was safe to eat. Yeah, absolutely. So our son was born in 2014 and my husband and I really didn't... We didn't want to leave the world worse off than when we came to it. Yeah. So we looked at our um, our footprint calculator. Yeah. And a really big area that we could have improved on was our diet. Yeah. And we were only eating meat around once or twice a week. And yeah. even then, it was a really big part of our overall footprint. Mm. And we were coming up at using between two and three planet's worth of resources per year yeah right so which wasn't actually much better than the average australian who uses around between five and six yeah okay but it was a real eye-opener to us that Mm. there are some basic things that we could do with our diet Mm. um and that took us on the journey of we went and saw a film called bugs on the menu yeah at the melbourne film festival the environmental film festival and we came away from that. They, they, they show you a film. They give you some free insects. Okay. And you just come away really inspired yeah. to eat insects for the rest of your life. Yeah, yeah. So. And what insects were they dealing? Were they using there? They were handing out crickets. Okay. I think they were chili and a mixture of chili and garlic crickets. Okay. That was salty. So they essentially were just like a crispy chip. Yeah. But you've just had all of this information in the movie that you've seen about how healthy they are for you yeah. and um, how much better it is for the environment than, than eating manufactured meats yeah. and, and the transport cost that goes with eating meat as well. Yeah. So we came away from that and we said, we're going to experiment with eating insects. And we started a cricket farm and a mealworm farm. Okay. And the cricket farm, although it was okay, it did require daily maintenance and a lot of care. And So what does that look like? How does a cricket farm work? Yeah, so it's basically just a big 
plastic tub with a lid with holes in it and lots of um, egg cartons. Okay. They like to live in the nooks and crannies of egg cartons. You feed them every day, but they can be quite smelly. Okay. I think they're almost like raising cockroaches in your house. Yeah. And so we decided that raising crickets in the home with us, with small children, was was yeah. was not for us. But then we we were also experimenting with uh, raising mealworms, and that was the opposite. So didn't require much care at all, and they just multiply. And then you harvest them and pop them in the freezer. And then you've got access to all of this protein and nutrition that you've cooked mm. at home. And so what are the nutritional, what's the nutritional value of mealworms as compared with meat? So... Like chicken or lamb or something like that. I think, it, well, chicken and lamb are quite different in nutritional yeah, content. Yeah. And if you're looking at insects just from a nutritional perspective... You would absolutely go for your crickets, okay, because um, they're in the same family as shellfish, so they're really high in iron. They contain every single essential amino acid, which okay. is pretty rare in a food. Yeah, and so they're um, because of that they're called a complete protein, mm. and they're high in your omega threes because they're in the shellfish family. Okay. You need to be a bit careful because obviously you can't eat them if you're allergic to shellfish. You'll yeah. probably have an allergy Okay. because of their exoskeleton. Um, but mealworms, they are nutritious, not as nutritious as crickets. So um, you still get a good amount of protein, a good amount of good fats from them, but you won't necessarily get your... B vitamins and your iron and your calcium that you're getting from crickets. Mm. So I guess it's like all things food, it's important to diversify when you're yeah. eating insects. Yeah. And I think the main thing that we've learned on our journey is you don't have to have a farm inside your house. If yeah. you learn about the insects in your garden, yeah. then you can be eating insects with the seasons. And you don't have to be feeding them because your garden's yeah. feeding them. And it's, it's something that you can just go out, you can harvest a couple of hundred grams, and you've got dinner for your family. Mm. So, so what, are we, what sort of insects are you talking about then? So my daughter's favourite, you know the white cabbage moth? That yep. comes on your kale every year. Uh-huh. And every year you're we all like, know that one. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Um, one year we, because I had just previously, I at the moment I saw them or the eggs, like I was that person that ran around the backyard with a net yeah. trying to catch that moth so that it didn't lay the eggs so I wouldn't have an outbreak. Yeah. And one year we went away for holidays and we left like this amazing patch of kale in the backyard and we came home a couple of weeks later and was absolutely covered uh. in this caterpillar and there were all these big green caterpillars and I was um, getting really interested in zero waste at the time yeah. and I didn't want to just kill them. Yeah. Um, not that I would use spray but I probably would have picked them off. Yeah. 
and fed them to the birds or something. You know, we yeah. had chickens at the time, so yeah. I probably would have given them to the chickens. Yeah. So I just went onto the local Facebook group of people who eat insects. Mm. And I asked, I said, oh, does anyone know if they're edible? And people responded with all of these recipes. Yeah, I was right. just expecting a yes or a no. Yeah. And all of a sudden, they're like, oh, you have to cook them this way. And the next person's like, oh, no, they're much better if you cook them like this. And yeah, right. Everyone was just really supportive. And it was a really beautiful community to Great. be part of. Yeah. And my daughter loves them so much that now we have to be careful because if she sees them in the backyard, she'll just dive for them. She won't worry about cooking them or anything. Okay. She just loves eating them. So they need to be cooked, do they? I think that they would be better off cooked. Yeah. Yeah. But because they are just on your kale, you know that they haven't been on any plants. So they're not the same, wouldn't they? Also the ones on your broccoli and Oh, yeah. Same, same. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Same one, same family, yeah. but they're not going to other plants and then coming back to your yeah, broccoli. Okay. They're just on your broccoli. You know that your broccoli is edible, yeah. so you can actually just eat them straight out of your garden. Yeah. So you can go out there with a tub, pop them in, and take them inside. Pop them in your freezer. Once they're frozen, my daughter Ella, she really likes them. If I'm steaming vegetables, just straight in with, so when the vegetables are cooked. At the end, I put them in and they just take a few seconds. They change colour from green to like a, a white colour. Okay. And then I just serve them to her with her veggies. Mm. But to me, it's not adding any flavour. Okay. So I prefer it if I just put some chilli and garlic in the bottom of a wok. Yeah. Pop them in for a couple of seconds and then have it with a stir fry or yeah. something like that. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah. And what other insects can people be eating from the garden? So you can actually, I haven't done this, but there are YouTube videos. You can go out and you can get a light and a container and you can attract crickets. Okay. The crickets might have been eating, or grasshoppers, and they might have been eating food that you can't eat. So you would have to take them inside, feed them for a couple of days. Okay. um, Food, just carrot tops and pumpkin and, and household just any kitchen scraps, not yeah. old scraps, but the fresh ones. Okay. And then you could eat those. Yeah. The Australian cockroach, so not the not the imported cockroach, but the one that is brown with the black stripes. Oh, okay, yeah. It's apparently very edible. Yeah. There are some insects that I haven't been able to cross the barrier with. Yeah, yeah. And that's one of them, but it's yeah. always good knowledge to have. Yeah. The other one that I've been interested in but I haven't made it through with my open mindset yeah. yet is snails yeah because you think how often are they in a patch mm. of food that you know is edible mm. and they would have really high calcium content and if I could work my way through that barrier yeah I think it would be a really good thing yeah. especially yeah, especially for nutrition and diversity yeah. and calcium and for my garden. It's yeah, exactly. The, it's, the pe- it's the whole permaculture yeah, yeah. resources. A problem becomes a solution. Yeah, definitely. And I guess that's, if we looked at it on a broader scale, how often do you hear people saying, oh, I've got this plague of locusts? Yeah. Oh, sorry, how do you say locusts. it? Locusts. Lo- locusts. And 
if we were to say, well, look at this. Yeah. And instead of spraying them with insecticide, go out and harvest them. Yeah. Even if we're not eating them, we could be freezing them and feeding them to our animals on the farm. Yeah. So I think just looking at problems as a solution is really mm. important. And we can do it in suburbia and also in yeah. farming. Yeah. Yeah. So here in front of us, we've got some mealworm farms you've got a a homemade one and also a bought one um could you tell us about the mealworms like firstly what it's like to eat them but then also how you grow them and prepare them so in terms of eating them they can be as confronting or non-confronting as you want them to be so you can eat them as the whole worm or you can dry them off in the oven um, blitz them up into a powder, a protein okay. powder. Oh, yeah. And just have that powder in the freezer and add it to your shakes. Okay. Or your cookies or your yeah. your bread. Oh, yeah. Um, quite often I'll put cricket powder in bread. Okay. Um, Disguise it for those yeah, that absolutely. find it challenging. <laughs> absolutely. I wouldn't ever give it to somebody without letting them know that it was <laughs> in there. Um, but in terms of if you're at home and you are starting your journey um i would recommend starting with mealworms um to do that you'll need i've got a container here and i recommend not buying a new container but uh sourcing anything secondhand really so it could be a fish tank okay with a fish tank you would need maybe a cardboard lid so that there's some ventilation okay here i've just got some old plastic Tupperware container, things that I've drilled. I've used a small drill bit that's small enough that the beetles and the um, mealworms can't get through for ventilation. Um, And then you'll need your substrate, which is what they live in. So you can either have oats or you can have uh, whole wheat or... There's, um, the byproduct of wheat is called, what is it? There's a wheat bran that you can get. And you can get it in 500 gram bags at Woolworths or Coles. And it's really cheap. Yeah. So if you wanted to, you could just go to Coles, get some 500 gram bags. Yeah. And then in terms of sourcing your insects, it might be a little bit different now. But when I started, I called around all of the people that were growing mealworms I said oh it's for human consumption they were like oh well we make them for insects we're we're not so sure if we want to sell them to you for human consumption so what you can do is you can go to your pet shops yeah like anywhere you can have your good pet shops that have got a really high turnover and really healthy animals Mm. or you can have pet shops that have got their animals that have been sitting there in there for a while and you wouldn't want to buy them so Mm. I would recommend going to a reptile-specific shop because often they would get a shipment in every couple of days and you would want it as soon as it came in. Yeah, okay. Or you could talk directly to the people that supply them and say, I'd like 500 grams to start off with. Mm. Um, can, Can you please drop it off, like, after they've done their shipment to the pet shop? Yeah. Now, that first shipment you wouldn't be eating that insect okay. because you don't know about their substrate and you don't know about the food that they've been feeding it. Yeah. You could feed them to your animals 
but it's more about getting the egg so that it can hatch into the mealworm and then that's when you would be eating it. Okay. So the, the actual mealworm itself is, um, it comes from a darkening beetle, which is a medium-sized black beetle that came from Europe, mm -hmm. but it's really... Uh, I guess like they're sold in all the pet shops here. Yeah. But I'm really careful. Anything that um, comes out of the farm goes into the freezer before it goes on, then onto the chickens. Okay. Just yeah. I don't want to introduce anything that's not meant to be. Yeah. Okay. In the garden to the garden. Yeah. So you have this black beetle. It lays some little white eggs, and the white eggs hatch into these worms. So which are you buying from the pet shop? The, from the pet the beetles shop, or the you're worms? buying the worms. Okay, and then they turn into And then the, the worms turn into these little pupae, and the pupae hatch into beetles. Okay, and yep. then they lay Yeah. The yeah, so it's a full cycle, and each, each um, mother beetle will lay around 500 eggs. All right. So um, you can, if your farm is the right temperature and humidity, so the temperature needs to be around 26 to 28 degrees. However, they will just be slower if it's okay. a colder temperature. If the humidity gets, um, so you want a humidity of around 60%. Mm -hmm. If it gets too high, then you might be prone to uh, a grain mite or mold or something like that. Yeah. So it's important to keep your humidity levels low mm. um so just going back if you didn't have a reptile shop nearby or a pet shop can you just order them online um, you can i know that you can but you would want to have a conversation with the people first to make sure that you they knew that you were eating them yeah you know for human yeah so i would call them um, you could just Google the closest one to you, mm. call them, explain what you're doing and ask them to send them to you because they might want to send them faster yeah. if they knew that, that it was fresh. for adult human consumption. Yeah. Yep. And how do you keep this at, at that sort of temperature? Okay, so this is the reason why I actually purchased a farm online Yeah. because I thought it would be a bit more simple for us. Yeah. So there was a... Um, there was a company, she was from Europe, but she moved to Hong Kong and was really passionate about bringing edible insects to the world. Mm. And she made this farm called Livian Farm, L-I-V-I-N yeah. Farm. So if you'd like to look it up online. Now, when I ordered it, one of the reasons I ordered it is all of the trays were stainless steel. Okay. And that was my main reason for ordering. Yeah. However, they updated their farm. And when everything came to me in the mail, it was all plastic. Oh, okay. So that was a bit disappointing for me. Yeah. And I haven't found that it's had a huge, like a greater output than okay. just growing mealworms without the farm. And yeah. given that the farm... I think they retail at about $500. Yeah. Um, when you can get a Tupperware container for free off the side of the road. Yeah, yeah. It's probably better to start there. Yeah. 
and then if you wanted to trial a farm later on, go down that route. So, um, they so are, that plugs in and so keeps the right in. temperature. It's got a series of computer... I can turn it on now. It's got a series of um, computer fans in it. Okay. And together, they're actually quite noisy. Okay. So this is the other reason yeah. why I'd say just be a bit careful before you do order any of these insect farms online. Because it, if it's waking you up in the middle of the night, mm. then it's probably not worth it. Yeah, yeah. Whereas the ones that you can make yourself, yeah. you might may not get as great an output, but at least it's not using any power. Yeah, yeah. You're not generating new plastic. And it doesn't um, cost anything. Yeah, exactly. So, so um, yeah, so how do you, do you keep these warm? Or do you just go with a lower temperature and less output? Yeah, so you can get a the reptile store. Mm-hmm. We'll sell a little heat mat. Uh, oh, heat yeah. Mat. Yeah. And you can pop that underneath them. Um, and, yeah, so this is an oat substrate. And if you dig down there, you'll see. Okay, little... so looking in the oats, there are little mealworms. Yeah. Wriggling around in there. Yeah. So how many would you grow in a small container like that? And how long does it take for them to... So it depends on the season. Okay. So in winter... They would slow right down unless yeah. you had a heat mat. Okay. But in saying that, the farm that I have has heating and fans to control humidity and all of that. Yeah. And I still found that over winter, it's it was really, down. really slow. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, they say that with a small farm, you should be able to harvest 400, 400 grams of protein per is it grams of protein per week okay so they say it's enough to feed a family of four Mm. to supply your protein needs right well that's pretty impressive in the melbourne climate however yeah yeah i find it's not like that over winter so in the summer they will get faster and um and you'll get a much greater output and then in winter, it will slow down again. Mm. So it can be a little bit seasonal. And once again, when you've got all these insects in your garden, yeah, yeah, it seems a bit silly to be yeah. um, focusing all your energy on farming when, when you could be out there. When they're there. outside. Yeah. But we, we do a mixture of both. Yeah. Yeah. So what are some of the ways that you prepare them? I mean, some recipes that you would recommend mm. as an easy way and palatable way to eat them so i think it depends who you're cooking them for yeah totally. so we've done it where we've done pizzas in the pizza oven oh, yeah. and then we've just um lightly roasted them and then popped them on top okay um because of their high fat content they do tend to pop so i wouldn't recommend putting them in the microwave yeah but you can just pop them in the wok for literally a couple of seconds right and they're done. With Once some they garlic start popping, and chili. Garlic and, or if you've got kids that don't eat chili, yeah, yeah. just garlic, they start popping. And a bit of oil. Yep. 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 I can make some for you in a minute if you like. Okay. <laughs> and yeah, I guess that's how, how you like them. So we've done them where you do them in pasties. But oh, then yeah. when you eat into your pasty, it's full of worms. So it can be <laughs> pretty confronting. Or we've also done it where we 
pop them into the oven, just lightly roast them. Yeah. And then blitz them up and have them in a powder. Okay. And then you can put the powder in anything that you yeah. want to eat. So it can be really um, varied. You can adjust it to suit your needs. Yeah. Yeah. And how have your kids responded to it and how do people respond like say when you have visitors or friends over do you yeah. how are they are they open to it or do it's, people tend to shy away from it's it it's been really surprising actually i think because we have had a bit of media in australia now yeah about eating insects yeah people don't seem to get all squirmish about it i think i've had maybe one person who was like oh i don't even want to see i'm just yeah. squirmish about worms or yeah, yeah. having worms in your kitchen um but mostly they're like oh that's really cool can i try one mm. um and they've been really positive yeah the kids on the other hand are just r- really overzealous and really enthusiastic yeah and it's difficult to even get our worms to be full adult worms for harvesting yeah. because they just want to get in there and eat them well, and they just good. they get really excited about it they're like i just want to eat them now yeah so we do end up doing a few early harvests yeah, yeah. <laughs> they can't wait so it's like when you harvest the baby carrots in the garden yeah yeah kids can't wait it's yeah. the same with insects yeah so yeah we're really lucky we've had some really Really positive responses. Yeah. And you were saying that your son has had some social pressure. Ah, oh, at kindergarten. Because yeah. <laughs> we accidentally, we, we weren't thinking and we just put the leftovers in the fridge in the kindergarten bag for him to take to kinder. Yeah. And it was one of those pasties that had all the worms yeah. in it. <laughs> and in hindsight, it wasn't the best thing to do. And he came home saying that... Um, yeah, he did, he he wasn't the biggest fan of taking yeah, taking right. that to hinder. So we'll take note. We won't yeah. be, we won't be sending him to school with any um, <laughs> confronting lunch box. Worm sandwiches. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. you know, maybe if uh, eating insects grows as a idea, it may become less yeah. confronting to people and more yeah. acceptable. And I guess it's just. In the Western world, yeah. because actually a lot of the world do eat insects. Yeah. In Australia and New Zealand, the people here have been eating insects for tens of thousands yeah. of years. So it isn't something new. It's yeah. just something that's different in the Western world. It's yeah. not like Westerners haven't been eating animals. Yeah, exactly. And it's just another animal. So, yeah, um, yeah it's actually... I don't know what that actual statistic is. It varies from over 2 billion people in the world eating insects yeah. to 80% of people in the world eating insects. Okay, yeah. So I don't know exactly what it but is. But yeah, with a lot of different cultures, it's just yeah. a normal part of their diet. Yeah, not... so central... Well, all of Northern America, American Indians ate insects yeah. until it was westernised. Yeah. Well, I should say until there was mass genocide yeah, yeah. and it was colonised by Europeans. And then Central Americans, um, there are most of the populations there are eating insects. Mm. South America, there's many people that are eating insects. And, and what insects are they mostly eating? Oh, well, 
well, there's this grub that grows in cactus oh, yeah. in Central America that's really sought out, particularly in Mexico, mm-hmm. where they'll go out and they'll get it. I can't remember what it's called. Yeah. Um, and in China, I think most tourists have seen the pictures of all the different insects mm. and the scorpions and... Um, there's quite a diverse amount that you can have access to as a tourist there. Yeah. If, you, if you're thinking about insects that are actually edible, Australia is in the top of being a really lucky country okay. in terms of having access to, I would say, literally hundreds of yeah. edible insects here. Yeah. Mm. So what's another form of insect that you can find locally? Yeah, so... Um, if you've got access to the mana gum, mm-hmm. on their leaf you would get a lerp, which looks like a really small little shell. Okay. I'll take a photo of it and we'll put it on the website so people, mm. if you're listening, you can see what it looks like. Yeah. And they, you can take the leaf off the gum tree and you can put it through your teeth and you end up with a mouthful of like these waxy, crunchy goodness. Yeah. And not only does it taste really good, but you're left feeling really good afterwards. Okay. And Indigenous Australians used to be able to consume a few kilos of this in a day. Yeah, right. And they really thrived on it. So there were reports of Europeans who said, wow, there must be amazing, there must be an amazing nutritional content in yeah. those lerps because of how healthy the people are who are yeah. eating them. So um, that's another one, um, but it's just not in mainstream Western yeah. media. So. And, pe- and I guess it's knowing which ones to eat. And But like what you were saying, you can work yeah. it out. You don't have to necessarily exactly. read a book and know for sure. Yeah. You can experiment and yeah. find out. And I've actually got here, my friend lent me this cookbook. The Malawi cookbook. The Malawi cookbook. And when I opened it up, there's a whole chapter. So there's chapters on um, all different things, but there's a whole chapter on insects. So in Malawi, they have recipes for bee larvae, large Mm. green bush crickets, red locusts, uh, flying ants. You've got to be careful. Not all flying ants are edible. Just some of them. Lake fly, the large green shield bug, another shield bug. And cicada, yeah. Mm. So, and they tell you how to. So they say remove the wings, and fry with a little oil and salt. Mm. Serve as a relish. Mm. So they've got a whole chapter on all these different recipes in, in their book. Great. And it's just normal. Yeah. It's just another part another of food their source. diet. Yeah. And where else might people find out different places that they could? Are they, like you mentioned a Facebook group. Oh, uh, yeah. Is that so just a local thing or are there sort of different no, Facebook groups? I'm part or? of a group called Missouri Ento- Entomology. Okay. Ento- no, Missouri Entomography. Okay. Which is the eating the insect part. Okay. Um, so Missouri is in the state in America. And then E N T O M O P H A G Y, and it's just a really supportive place to ask questions. Yeah. 
and it has lots of people who've been eating insects for a very long time. Mm. Um, from experience, I think it's mostly Western people. Yeah. Um, but it is it is a good resource. Mm. It's a good portal of information. And if you just if you just put into Facebook or Google entomography, then you'll find all kinds of resources. Yeah. Because there are really large communities that are very enthusiastic. Mm. And it is growing here in Melbourne. Yeah. Um I guess it's with anything, it's just how much media attention it gets as yeah. to how popular, how quickly yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and as far as the benefits of it, I mean, yeah, the, it's not just the health benefits, but just the environmental benefits of not being part of that mass-producing meat. Yeah, so you decrease your carbon footprint, um, you establish a, a local connection with your food. Yeah. Even if you're... Even if you're not growing them yourself, I've got these ones here from, where were they grown? They were uh, New South Wales. Okay. So. And that's Vitabug. So that's, that's Vitabug, which I've just ordered online. And so cricket powder that I add to smoothies and cake and bread. Okay. And does it have a flavour? Like yes. Yeah. It, um, it's a little bit strong, the flavour. Yeah. Yep. But if you're just putting a small amount in your bread and cookies, you don't notice it. Yeah. But if you were to eat a large amount of it, it's, it is quite strong. Mm. But um, it's also one of the more healthy insects to eat. So it's got, in one serve of this, it contains 44% of your calcium, your recommended daily intake, 47% of your recommended daily intake of iron, Okay. A hundred percent of your recommended daily intake of magnesium. Okay. And sixty-seven percent of your recommended daily intake of magnesium. It's also high in your B vitamins, zinc, and your good fats. Mm. So, yeah, and and in terms of di- diversifying your diet and adding nutrition, it's mm. it's a good one to have. Yeah. On your shelf. Yeah. yeah, and an easy way to do it if you yeah. don't want to be farming them. And... Absolutely. And yeah. I think the other great thing about insects is giving children that local feedback yeah. for um, where they can get their food and educating them that they don't have to get their food from a farm or a supermarket, yeah. that it can be... Yeah. That they can make it themselves. Yeah, yeah. like the upbringing that you had and yeah. knowing that at age eight you can head up into the bush and survive. Yeah, absolutely. Which is a great thing for yeah. kids to learn and adults too. Absolutely, yeah. And that sense of security Yeah. is um, you just can't compare it to anything else in the world. Yeah. It makes you feel so good Yeah. that the world could be crashing down around you yeah. and you still have access to not only to food but to th- food that will help you thrive. Yeah. 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 Should we try it? Yes. Is that, have yeah. we got time? Yeah, yeah. I've got some frozen. Okay. So. We're just going to fry some up. There's some garlic here. Yeah. So, I just keep them frozen in the freezer. And I just 
harvested a couple yesterday. Okay. Because I knew that you were coming. So I'll just wash my hands first. Yeah. Been looking into getting an induction cooktop. Oh, okay. We will get there. Just for anybody at home who's horrified that I have a gas cooker. <laughs> yeah, I've been thinking about biogas. Oh, have you? Um, yeah, they're not. You can get. So you can either make your own or you can get kits that are kind of all set up. But yeah. I think they're around the four to six hundred dollar mark, and by the time you pay for your gas over time. Yeah. I think it would cover that. Anyway, so you're melting some Nathalex? Yeah. You can use butter, you can use oil with salt. Yeah. Um, Whatever you take yeah. to fancy. Anything that you have, really. And just a great garlic. Uh-huh. So that you don't have to chop it. It's a nice and fast way of doing garlic. Mm. And then pop it in the bottom, just until it, I'm going to get more Nautilus in. Mm. Garlic smells good. Yeah. Oh, can you hear that noise? So this is the noise of the, the hive, the living yeah. hive. Yeah. It comes, switches itself on and off every couple of yeah, minutes. Yeah, it's got a firm restart. And it's um, one of the reasons why I think... So there's probably about 20 little mealworms there. Yeah. That's enough to give you a taste. Mm, they're sizzling away. And once they start to pop is when you generally... Oh yeah, I can see them, them popping. You can see them um, changing colour a little bit. Yeah, going a bit darker. Yeah. yeah. So, my husband's really great at cooking them. Yeah. He takes them off at just the right time. I always overcook them and <laughs> then they tend to be a little bit more chewy. Yeah. But I just don't want to feed you an undercooked one either. So. Yeah. That should be it. So grab a plate. Alright, I'm looking forward to this. Mmm. So have a pick. Yeah. Just try one. It can be a bit hot. Mmm. But it's just crunchy, mm. salty. It's got a nice little crunch to it. Yeah. You can just sort of taste them. Nautilus and the garlic. Yeah. They don't really have a taste of their own. No. They just taste like whatever you cook them with. Mm. I can imagine with lemon juice. And, mm. and what about a kind of, yeah, like with soy and lemon juice and mm. yeah. fish sauce, that kind of. So you just add them into a actually. stir fry. Yeah. That's a good recipe. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah, you add them to a stir fry. 
Or if you're doing a curry, mm. you can put the them on top as like the crispiness. Oh yeah. To mm. to have at the end. Yeah. Um, and can you just cook them in like you would, like in a stir fry, like you might have tofu or something? You would put them in at the end. At the end, always at the they, end. Because they cook so quickly. Okay. Um, yeah, you, if, you, if you cook them for too long, they're just, the fat goes into the bottom of the pan and they just mm. disappear. But you can mm. taste on your tongue. But you're still getting the benefits of them if you did that? I don't know. I don't know enough about it. Mm. I'm not sure. But with these ones, you can taste on your tongue the fat is mm, actually yep. covering your tongue. Yeah, I can feel and that. And it's not the fat of the Nuttalex. Yeah, okay. It's the fat of the worm. Mm. And actually, when I was researching before I started on this journey, I came across an article and it was talking about Americans during the Great mm. Depression. Mm. Oh, oh, just after the war. I can't remember the exact details because it was a few years ago now. And there was a story about um, how they were starving and they had access to rabbits mm. and chicken, but they couldn't get enough nutrition and they were starving. Okay. So what they would do is they would kill a rabbit or a chicken and they would wait for the flies to come and the maggots to hatch. Oh, yeah. And then they would eat the maggots. Okay. Because the maggots were More able nutrition. to convert the nutrition from the chicken or the rabbit to mm. um into their bodies and then humans can then uptake that oh that's interesting yeah uh, because it completely changes the fat content and the yeah. nutrition content mm. so i thought that was really interesting yeah yeah these are delicious yeah they're really good mm. i mean it's the garlic and the yeah How they you... taste very salty it's a salt added uh, it would What's be in the from, that's why I use nuttal eggs yeah. because I thought it'll just be again. one less step that I yeah. would need to do mm. for you. But the other the other way I've cooked them is with old man salt bush. Okay. Um and that's naturally salty mm. and they go really well together. So mm. you would do the old lightly blend the old man salt bush first and put it aside and then do these and then have it yeah. together. Or you can roll the salt bush around the worms okay. and have it as like a little roll. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're quite a delicacy and there's definitely no ick factor for me. Mm. They're just like little... Have you have you eaten insects before? Um, not really, no. Mm. I'm just trying to think. I may have had ants before, mm. but not... No. Mm. So... I think I might start. The caterpillars mm. and the, the caterpillar moth. Yes. The, I mean the larvae. They are actually sounds... really tasty. Because yeah, I go, we go around and pick them off and I throw mm. them over the fence to the mm. chickens. Yeah. But yeah, maybe we'll pick them off and eat them. Pop them in a container. Yeah. Pop them in the fridge. And it's really interesting because our children have eaten lots of different insects. Yeah. And those are still their favourite. Okay. Yeah. So there must be something about them yeah. that these little bodies are saying I yeah. need more of those yeah. and yeah I guess starting your kids young like your kids are young mm. and if that's all you've known mm. I'd be interested to see how my kids who are a bit older mm. would respond to suddenly serving them up a bowl full of caterpillar yeah. larvae but yeah I think you just normalize it and absolutely yeah yeah 
Don't make a big deal out of it. Yeah. Okay, well, thanks for that. Thank you for having me. Thanks for chatting. Good luck, And thanks everyone. for the mealworms. <laughs> you have been listening to the Pip Permaculture Podcast. To find out more about eating insects and everything else about living the good permaculture life, get your hands on a copy of Pip Issue 12 out now. Available at www.pipmagazine.com.au or one of our fantastic stores.